So let's uh, start with a short meditation, shifting into the body and possibly lightly resting your awareness on the breath, on your hands, appreciating the inner weather as it is. unhooking from thoughts, so not relying on thoughts, they continue to arise, but you don't rely on them as much. If possible with the out-breaths, releasing in the belly and the shoulders. past does not exist, the future does not exist, except in stories. Thought arises from the past, about the past or about the future, you just recognize that for what it is. It's fine that they are there, but they are recognized. So and then imagining what or feeling what happens when you drop the word mine. So the past does not exist, the future does not exist, and now we also soften the word mine, the grasping word mine. So there are sensations and feelings and thoughts, sounds, but we soften the word mine. So thoughts are arising Feelings are arising, sensations are arising, sounds are arising, the breath is arising, and for a few moments we refuse to label them mine. sense of a body is arising, maybe also the sense of this contraction I was talking about it is arising, but for a moment we take away the label mine.
So notice not having a past and not having a future, not using mine. It doesn't mean that you dissolve or that you disappear. But there is a beingness. A beingness which has nothing to do with thoughts, feelings, sensations coming and going. It's like a presence. It's like a space within which the sense of the body and the sense of I and thoughts and feelings that come and go. Even, even if you don't talk, label anything mine, there's still that beingness, a deep beingness, an aliveness, a presence. The sense of this room, the sense of your pe- the people around, this voice, they, they are all happening within that beingness, that aliveness, that spacious aliveness. that spacious knowingness. Notice also the sense of I, like kind of the sense that you are sitting here on the chair, that that is something which is happening within that spacious aliveness, something which comes and goes. I am this person here in Malmö sitting in a chair and I have this history and this future and this name and these roles and these obligations. These are all stories happening within that basic aliveness, presence, that which is bigger than all of that. And then if something arises from the future or something from the past, you just see it for what it is and you soften the word mine. Then that which is bigger is more space to reveal itself. Step backwards into the knowingness, into presence. All things, all these things which are happening, coming and going, blah, 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 sensations, sounds, they are what you're not. As the Buddha says, nothing in your experience 
is is worth to be called me or mine. Nothing in your experience is, is worth to be called me or mine. Allow peace, allow love to reveal itself. Are there any uh, questions, comments, doubts? Y- yes? Life without planning, that sounds really nice. What did you say? Life without planning. Yeah. However, I feel that um, I could understand it for dealing with people. Mm. Life without planning sounds nice, yeah. and you can understand it when, when when dealing with people, but with computers. Mm, yeah. I, so I'm I'm not sure enough. So unfortunately, right now I have to say. Just keep on planning with your computers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is something uh, in what probably what you could uh, feel or what you can feel is there's a way to plan with computers which is very stressful and cramped, and there's a more relaxed way to plan. So. Maybe we can go there first, like a relaxed planning, a, 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 a more relaxed, what well, is more relaxed usage of the rational zone. And I'm not, uh, I'm not sure enough to, uh, like, say. You you don't need the rational zone even with computers. I'm not sure. <laughs> it could be that that's that, that's how it is. Uh, and then uh, appreciating the areas in your life where we can be more intuitive, yeah? where we can maybe dare to be less uh, like, what are the advantages, what are the disadvantages, thinking, thinking, thinking. Yeah? Uh, and to kind of, you know, kind of trust that a little more. And then, and then, and then, seeing how actually I, I can be more relaxed in this kind of situations. I can. I don't need to think it through for two days. Um, and you know, so I, I need a, I, I needed like ten years of teachings uh, in order to trust that. But now I know it's possible. So I know it's possible now in this moment for me. 
I can of assume hmm, maybe I can spread it also in, in into other areas of my life and see what happens. to meet every week. Ten years is a long time for us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, time is also just a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was joking. <laughs> yes. I'll just say that to be with animals a very good thing, I think. Then mm. you are open. You're not thinking much. You are just instinctive. Isn't that true? Yes. For you too? Yeah. Good. Mm. I'm, no, I'm sorry. So. I'm just thinking about um, Freud and his uh, psychodynamic legacy and uh, mm. That sometimes we need to consult or confront the past or the stories of the past to mm. be able to understand the yeah. mm. now. I agree, uh, and as you know, I kind of am advertising psychotherapy a lot, but that is also part of dreaming ourselves into a better dream. It's provisional, and uh, and the the pity with uh, most psychotherapeutic system in the West, they don't contain the deconstruction of itself. So, to the opposite, it might be that, uh, depending on the view of the school or the therapist, that your past becomes solidified. It becomes more real. But uh, if it's kind of, if it's a combination with, so you bring also the, I mean, even if the therapist is not bringing Buddhist thinking into the therapy, but if you bring it, then then uh, a therapy as a provisional method to bring yourself into a better dream is, is great. And it's probably more helpful than many of the traditional teachings. Or not a better dream or to, to make a distance. distance That's also, distance is also a, uh, is, a, is part of the better dream. Because, the, because there's neither someone here who could distance herself from, from a real past. So distancing yourself from something is also a dream. And, but distancing yourself from something might help you to sh make that shift into fundamental well-being. If you are completely, uh, if you are like locked into a traumatic, so a, a non, a, a, like a, an imagined past can be so powerful that it changes your body. And you, 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 you are locked, and within that trauma, the, the, the dream of separation becomes very, very strong. And uh, 
and and then uh, working with provisional methods to release that to you know compassion forgiveness uh, reliving you know uh, kind of reliving the f- suppressed feelings and and so on that definitely yes and when when you also at the same time have a bit of a buddhist understanding into no self then probably actually the process of trauma therapy will be more powerful So I will continue to, uh, um, together with you, t- you know, to dream us into a better dream. I will continue to do that. So, with you know, lamrim, karma, purification, accumulating of merit, shamatha, cool devotion, you know, all of that. And it's uh, it's uh, it's very precious that we can that we as illusionary people with illusionary problems have placebos. These placebos are the most precious, and uh, psychotherapy uh, would be definitely part of the placebo mixture for me. Yes. Uh, going to retreats is great, but when we have like an emotional emotional reaction to something, it leaves an imprint. Sometimes like a finger in water, sometimes mm. in sand, or sometimes it's like cut into rock. Mm-hmm. And they describe their method as mm, say, by looking at it while it's happening, you prevent it from getting stored mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. Would psychotherapy be a way of Bringing that up. I mean, ah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah, it's like bringing something up, but the context within which it's arising is different. So you have the you have the empathy of the therapist, which also maybe gives you the space to look at it in a different way. So there's more space for things to arise. Yeah. Sorry, he he was uh, I don't know uh, maybe you can just listen to the answer so uh, so in psychotherapy uh, you I mean if it's real ther- therapy <laughs> I mean real therapy <laughs> if it's if, if it's healthy therapy then there is a, a then there is a, a field of love a field of empathy a field of compassion which the therapist offers so and within that stuff can arise uh, so like the, for example the emotional um, the, the emotions which are connected with the memory of the past so they can arise but because they don't arise in a five years old girl but they arise in that context of you know two adults creating a loving field then that can that can be lived and expressed and you don't add to it through reactivity or less reactivity at least so that actually would 
this would explain the process of purification, how it is seen in the Buddhist teachings. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like in, from the Buddhist teachings, any situation in your life is an opportunity for you to respond differently to that situation as you have responded to when you created the causes for this situation to arrive. So, and then you start to purify. So it's not like just shit going through shit and and fighting with it and blaming other people that that is purification. No, it's going through shit with let, less reactivity. That's what brings uh, purification. So now all of that, you, you have to be aware. What I just did, I, tell, I told you a story. Yeah. Thank you for all the stories. Uh, see you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I told you a story. So, and this story can be part of our dreaming us into a better dream so that we can realize really directly that this is a story, that this is a dream. But it's a good story. That's, uh, it makes sense to me, the story. <laughs> There is a tradition in, in Buddhism like that. We go through, through the past, to the past stories, and then. Uh, no, uh, because the 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 illusion of the past uh, reflects itself in illusion of in this moment. So you don't need to go to the <coughs> past, like uh, to to figure you know, to figure something out. You can just look at what is happening in this moment, in your life, today, in these weeks. So in, in all of that, all what is happening, uh, now I tell you another, another story, the, the, the story about karma. Yeah? So all of that is uh, appearing because there's some kind of, you know, there's residues, there's unfilled feelings, there's unsolved things in the illusionary past, uh, and that comes up. And the opportunity to dream yourself into a better dream is to respond to that with less reactivity. Yeah. So it's kind of going through the past. It is going through the past, dissolving, yeah. uh, dissolving for example, uh, the habit of anger, which called all these angry people into your life by responding a little different to angry people. At least trying. Already trying is a lot. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So for, from the, this is also a very good story because it makes uh, the suffering in your life meaningful. First, it gives you a bit of an explanation why these things are happening, no? Like, and we like that. Like, so we have, like, you know, I mean, Muhammad says, uh, uh, a practitioner of the Islam says, Inshallah, Inshallah. The Buddhists say Karma. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. It's just, you know, uh, it's just. It's uh, it's uh, 
I mean, I, I, for me, the, the karma makes more sense. Yeah, but so it just, um, we don't know why things are happening. We have no clue. But this karma myth, explaining things with karma, it's a, it's a wonderful way uh, to make things meaningful, suffering meaningful. Of course, that's also a, a story. You know, making suffering meaningful is a, is a conceptual mind, making something meaningful. So why would, we do, why would we make something meaningful, like suffering, because we want to dr- wake up from this dream? And if we struggle and fight and complain and blame and judge, then it's quite difficult to sit there and listen to the teachings on no self. Because you are completely lost in the nightmare. Yes. Because now it sounds like uh, self-improving. But no, it's fine. If, if, if you, like, like I said, I'm too blameless that everything is just stories. Like, mm-hmm. what happened, I, all that. Yeah, but, but to say this? that, mm-hmm. to say that does not mean that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, it's all, it's all stories, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No. It matters completely because it is story, and it exists as story, and uh, and it does not devalue things. It does not like to say that the story of your son is just a story. Does not mean ah yeah, so we don't need to worry, we don't need to care. No, it's the opposite. Because it's a story, you start to see wow. Uh, I can do something. I can love. I can bring peace into this. I can change what is happening because it's not real. If it would be real, then better give up, because you know then then think then people are what they are. They are hurt. They are traumatized. They have some diagnose and it's real, it's who they are, then you better give up. But because it's a story, there's potential. Mm-hmm. Nothing is solid, nothing is fixed. Mm-hmm. Everything can change. And how does it change? Through, you know, through what you bring into the situation. So, saying everything is a story does not uh, say, oh, it doesn't matter, or it's kind of a real resignation. It actually comes, it, it supports you in the solution that not only my action matter, but my thoughts, my aspirations, my intentions, my compassion. My compassion, my aspiration, my intention is a cosmic event which affects the whole thing because it does not exist, the whole thing. Thank you.
So this was uh, my transmission of the Prajnaparamita Sutra. <laughs> yes. The realization of that your reaction is a story. It's like the first wake up. Yeah. So this uh, it's good to appreciate uh, uh, the kind of relief or the little bit more space when we just kind of without overthinking it, you know, just like yeah, okay, it's a story, uh, and not to kind of uh, uh, demand this now should be uh, like an all-pervasive realization. So, but to enjoy the, the these moments of relief, but also be aware when you say it, because you don't want to feel the feelings which are appropriate. So, so you could no. That, that's like a Buddhist trick: uh, is not to feel, is to say. So, let's say you are talking with a person who is in a crisis, and you say, "Here, yeah, so what's the problem? This is a story, and." You make yourself up and you make a problem up, you know, go over, you know, and then, and then this, uh, this, um, this sentence, which is actually meant to open your heart and to be more present for that person and in a way to take the person more serious becomes the opposite. It becomes, yeah, it's just a story. And that's a spiritual bypassing. It's a misunderstanding. It does. It undermines compassion and love, whereas uh, uh, like an, uh, uh, an uh, seeing of uh, that that this is a, this is a dream makes your heart explode. So this to say this is a dream does not say it doesn't matter. It does not say it does not exist. It does not say. Uh, then just doesn't matter what you do. No, it says the opposite. The recognition of this as a dream makes a makes makes it aware that your movements of the movements of your heart are a cosmic event. It's not like this little Swedish heart somewhere in the body, you know, who has a warm feeling. No. Because you are connected with everything. So making, like, uh, you no, know, helping uh, someone and failing all the time, the intention to do it, the, to have the aspiration and to go back to it, and, and and I mean you, you work so much on developing yourself, and that is that is much more than your little family unit because everything is empty. <laughs> no, no, you don't get it. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a provisional getting, yeah, which is very good. Provisional, you mean temporary? Yeah, passing, temporary, passing. yes. Provisional. Provisional is yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's liberating and there's benefits from it, but it's, 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 it's like, it's, yeah. It's passing. 
Yeah, yes. yes. And 99% uh, of the teaching, well, I, I don't know how many, maybe more even, of the teachings of the Buddha are temporary, provisional teachings. Does it mean just, just stories? <laughs> yeah. Preferred dreams. <laughs> yes, uh, to, like stories which make us, uh, which help us to dream us into a better dream. Uh, uh, tools, yeah, upaya it's called, skillful means, yeah, like, and, and they, I mean, in the Lambrim, when, when you are familiar with the Lambrim, it's like, you know, they admit, so in the first scope of the Lambrim, it's about better rebirth, so, why, why better rebirth, not to have a good time, better rebirth here means also uh, continue to hear that this is a dream, that's part of the better rebirth. I mean, you don't you don't work towards the better rebirth in the sense that you have more money and more food. So you, so but you better rebirth means more uh, more opportunity to see that the whole thing is a dream, that there's nobody and there's no journey, that nothing really happens. Is it really uh, possible to liberate oneself more than uh, the glimpses here and there to to get off the hook, so to speak? Yes, absolutely. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but does it help you when I say yes? It's through these practices that you said to to continue with those practices, as, as you said. Uh, what you said, Lambrin, Lambrin, and all that. That is the way to get off the hook and to give the right Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, that's the, the, the problem when you get stuck. Mm -hmm. the, the, the problem often is that uh, people don't, people think that these teachings, that they are n not provisional. Like you get stuck, you get stuck in the lamrim, you get stuck in, yeah. yeah? Uh, so, but uh, the the idea is that the lamrim teachings, shamatha, and so on and so on, all the ingredients make you more vulnerable that you see that you are not that. Mm -hmm. But it's through the inside kind of. And willingness, you cannot get off the hook. And by getting off the hook, I mean to reduce. The you, you get off. You get off the hook in the moment you realize that you're not hooked, okay. and that you were never hooked. That there's nothing which can hook you, and there's nobody here who could be hooked. In that moment, nothing changes, but you're off the hook. <laughs> nothing changes because you were never hooked. Except in the dream. Yes, in the dream. In the dream where you were hooked. Mm. But not in reality. No. My, true, my true self, my inner self is not hooked. No. Never yeah. Been. Yeah. Never been. Yes. But the other one has also not been hooked. No. Because how can be something, something which does not exist can be, can't be hooked. 
You were never hooked. But the calling of the inner yeah. self, that is the liberation to, to more be in contact with that. That's the, the real deal, so to speak. You can I say like that? Yeah, you can say a lot of things. <laughs> and since it's all stories, I don't need to argue with it. No, no, it's, good. it's a good story. Like so. in, in meditation, glimpse twice, I can feel totally and with everything. Uh, and that is glimpses of the, yeah. the, the real self. Yes. <laughs>